0: Hello, welcome back to the Claim the Stage podcast. It feels like I've been gone for three years. I think we took two weeks off. (laughs) This is our first episode of 2018, episode number 76. And I have amazing news to share. Last week, this podcast was rated the number one most inspiring podcast by Forbes magazine. That's right. Can you imagine how weird it is to be hanging out in your bedroom, like reading, and you get an email on your phone, and it's a Google alert because you have one set up for your name, and you click the link, and it takes you to Forbes.com, and the article is about inspiring podcasts, and you scroll down, and you're like, what? Mine is number one? And you're just sitting on your bed staring at your cat, and your cat has no idea what just happened, and you're thinking... Um, that's so weird because I record that podcast in a closet in my house. <laughs> and, now, and now it's on Forbes. So <laughs> just a quick lesson about doing things <laughs> that you think might not work or that you might not be ready to do. The first thought I had when I saw that article was, whoa, whoa. I remember my first episode. It was a train wreck. I was just like talking into the microphone, thinking to myself, what am I doing? This is so weird. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just going to record this podcast and see how it goes. And here we are, 76 episodes later. And it's number one on Forbes. So I want to thank all of the listeners and all of the guests for being part of this awesome experience. We now have listeners in over 70 countries. And it's been a really fun experience. I'm really looking forward to 2018 and all that it will bring. And if it's your first time listening, because you just found me on Forbes, <laughs> welcome to the show. I'm Angela Lucier. I'm your host, and I'm also an author and a speaker, and the CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood. I'm going to be talking about the Speaker Sisterhood a lot today. Because today's episode is all about reflections, resolutions, and revolutions. And I want to thank my friend Danielle for coming up with that title when I said to her, oh my gosh, I'm going to be recording a podcast episode soon. I'm not sure what to talk about. And she gave me that title and I thought, okay, I'm going to roll with that. So shout out to her. (laughs) And again, if it's your first time listening to the podcast, the Clan the Stage podcast is all about public speaking and it's for women who are interested in discovering, awakening, and creating their voice through the art of public speaking. And we talk about all kinds of subjects related to communication and feeling comfortable sharing your ideas and your stories and how to make money doing it and how, how to stand on stage and like pretty much everything you can think of related to speaking. And I've had a lot of really cool guests and I have many more coming up this year. So I hope you're as excited as I am. So today what we're going to do is I'm going to break the show into three sections. You can probably guess what they are. <laughs> one on reflections, one on resolutions and one on the revolution. And This first section on reflections, I have three of them. It's about things I learned in 2017, and I specifically picked these three reflections because I thought they would be useful to you. And I'm not just sharing like, wow, I learned I really love baths, which I do, (laughs) But that's not what I'm going to share this time. (laughs) I want to share things that might make you think differently about your life and the limiting beliefs you may have about yourself. Most of the things that I've selected for you are about my own limiting beliefs. And hopefully you might hear something that sounds like stories you've told yourself and may help you to see that more is possible in your life, too. So let's jump into my three reflections of 2017. Reflection number one. Pursue something you think you can't do. I'm sure we all have something in our life that we've thought about doing, but quickly said, oh, I'm not someone who does that. Right? Oh, no, no, I, I can't do that. That's not for me. In 2016, I was in an accelerator program through Valley Venture Mentors, an organization close by my house, with uh, another idea for my speaking school for women. And while I was in that accelerator program and thinking about my idea for the Speaker Sisterhood, the company that I founded last year, (laughs) someone said to me, if you want to build a network of public speaking clubs for women you should create a licensing model so that you can grow it and have other people run your clubs and the first thing i thought i remember this moment was what who, who do you think i am mcdonalds <laughs> like, like i'm not someone who does a licensing model and i immediately pictured a stack like a contract that was about a 1000 pages long, like so big that when you put it down on the table, you couldn't see the person sitting across from you. Like, that's how big the contract was, it needed its own box. (laughs) And so I pictured this giant contract. And then I pictured a giant price tag, like how much does it cost to create a licensing model, like $50,000 and 12 lawyers and six months of time, like, who I'm not someone who does that. I'm like a consultant, I work by myself, I I do all the work. I I don't. I can't afford that. And, and I kind of just dismissed it. And then as the weeks went on in this Accelerator program, this idea of a licensing model kept coming up. People kept on saying to me, have you heard of Weight Watchers? Like, they have a licensing model. Have you heard of... They kept naming different organizations that operate this way. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, right, right. And I just, like, <laughs> kept brushing it off. And then one day... I woke up and I thought, what if I actually asked someone, like a lawyer, what it would take to create a licensing model? Like, this was like a big moment for me to ask this question because it meant that I had to go beyond my own limiting beliefs of who I was and what I was able to do and actually find out if it's possible, that is a humongous moment. So for you, if you're doing this to yourself, if you're saying to yourself, oh, I i couldn't, I could never do that. That would be too hard, too expensive. I don't have the right degree. I don't know how to do that. Stop that right now and think, what would I need to do to get the information that would help me see for sure whether or not that's possible? Who would I need to ask? <laughs> If I was someone who could do this, what would I do first? <laughs> because this takes you out of your limiting beliefs and instead moves you into a place of action. So I had this question how much would it cost? What would it take? And I asked a couple friends if they knew of any lawyers who worked on licensing deals. Somebody did. <laughs> and I called the lawyer. I said, I'm interested in starting a network of public speaking clubs for women, and I want to create a licensing model, and I'd like to ask you how much that costs and what it takes and how long it would take and what you would need from me. She told me to come in. We scheduled a meeting. I was in her office for about 20 minutes, and I described the whole business model to her, and here's what she said. (laughs) She said, okay, yeah, I think that agreement would probably be about five pages long, and it would cost about $1,200 $1,200 and I could get it done in a month I'm pausing here because this is what happened in the meeting I just stared at her <laughs> I was like really? like for the first part? or like what? what is is that like the preliminary license? and she's like no like the whole licensing model that's how much it would cost and I was like excuse me? <laughs> like how is that possible? And she's like, This isn't a complicated license. You're not franchising restaurants or like <laughs> gyms. Like, this is a pretty simple model. And I was like, Oh, all right. Well, then let's do that. And it was like my whole world shifted in that moment because she was able to give me actual information that could give me my next steps instead of. Me just believing something was true, I now had the information I needed to figure out if I wanted to create a licensing model. And you can probably guess what I did next. I walked out of there and was like, Yes, why wouldn't I do this? It is a no brainer. And so I hired her and we sent a couple emails back and forth. She wrote a couple drafts and Within a month, I had this document that now made it possible for me to build a global business and an entire movement because I made one phone call and asked the question, what does it take to do this? (laughs) So my lesson here is always pursue the thing you think you can't do. And once you have enough information, then decide whether or not it's something you can do. Do not let your limiting beliefs rule you and tell you what is possible. So if you have something in your life that you're stopping yourself from doing because you think you can't do it, or you think it's going to be a 50,000 page document and cost $100,000 and a year of work and 20 lawyers, put that thought process aside and instead start making some phone calls to people who can really answer your questions with informed (laughs) experience and information. So that is my first reflection. Pursue something you think you can't do because you never know where it could lead. Today, we have licensed club leaders in the Speaker Sisterhood who are trained and running their clubs and they are part of this movement because I made that phone call and I would not have this business today (laughs) if I didn't make that call. Let's move on to the second reflection. Make a wild pitch. (laughs) In August last year, I decided to take a week off and I booked a tiny little cabin on Airbnb in the middle of nowhere in Vermont because I wanted to go on a writing retreat. I had so much stuff I wanted to write, but it was so hard to find time to sit down and think through my ideas and go through my folder of ideas and... Be able to wrap my mind around what I wanted to be writing about in terms of blog posts, my podcast, future books. You know, there's just so much writing in this type of work. And I felt like I could never really sit down and think through it. So I booked this retreat. I was so excited. I got tons of books out of the library that I thought could be helpful in my creative process. I went grocery shopping and made this like whole list of all the food I was going to make. I wasn't going to leave it all for the whole week, and I was going to make all my favorite dishes. I brought all my comfy clothes, <laughs> I, like brought blankets and pillows, and like was just totally set up to be in this little cabin in the middle of nowhere, just with my laptop, writing. And I got there... It was beautiful. It was exactly as it looked on Airbnb. I was by myself. It was quiet. It, you know, the there were huge windows with sun pouring in, and the breeze was so nice. I sat down, started reading one of my books from the library, and about a couple hours into it, my nose started running, and I started sneezing, and I thought, oh, I wonder if I'm allergic to something here. And then I started to get a really bad headache. <laughs> And then I started to feel really weak. And then I started to feel dizzy. And then I realized, oh my God, I'm getting sick. No, (laughs) do not ruin my writing retreat. (laughs) And by that night, my first night, I was so sick. I could not even get out of bed. It was like that fatigue that just takes over your body and you can't, you feel like you are incapable of doing anything. And I was so lucky that I had brought a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter And like a gallon of water because those three items saved my life. I could not cook. I could barely get myself downstairs. I was just like taken over by this illness. Did not write a word. (laughs) Just laid in bed with all the curtains closed. Because by the way, the sun was like just, it, it was like my enemy. Like any light was just making me dizzier and sicker. And so I laid in bed in the dark, for days and days in the middle of the woods in this little cabin, watching Netflix because <laughs> we did have Wi Fi, <laughs> and I watched the whole uh, Girl Boss season one, or I guess the whole series. And by the end of it, I thought, "What other programming do they have on Netflix for women who are entrepreneurs or wanna be entrepreneurs?" And I like looked through the whole catalog. I couldn't find one other show that featured women in business like that show. And I don't know if I was delirious or if I was just completely out of my mind, but I thought I'm going to email Netflix <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch the speaker sisterhood as the, you know, the subject of a new series on, on their platform. And I found the email address for their chief content officer and, and I wrote this whole pitch that was like, look, Girl Boss was good, but that's a TV show about something that happened 10 years ago. Why don't you make a show about something happening right now? Like, you could chronicle the, the startup phase of this company as we blow up and take over the world. <laughs> because I really truly know and believe that that is where we are headed. Like and I'm not really trying to take over the world, but the speaker sisterhood is going to be huge. And how amazing would it be if Netflix could chronicle all of these cool moments of like getting featured as the number one podcast on Forbes and getting these really cool speaking engagements on major platforms and building clubs across the world. Like we have a club in New Zealand. Like all these things should be talked about and showcased on Netflix so that other women can see it and get excited about it too. So I'm like sweating. (laughs) I've been wearing the same clothes for like four days. (laughs) I've barely made it out of bed. I've just been watching TV and I decide I'm going to send this email and I make this wild pitch. And I don't know, I just hit send. And the next day I didn't even remember sending it. And like (laughs) a week went by, two weeks went by, three weeks went by. And I never heard back from Netflix. But what that email did for me was it it made me think that that was possible just posing the possibility of Netflix creating a show about my company made me think well why wouldn't it be a show like that should be out there so a couple days I guess about a month had passed since my trip to Vermont and I had recovered and was feeling better, I decided to make another pitch to Reese Witherspoon's production company and Hello Sunshine, the new web platform that she's part of. And I I gave pretty much the same pitch. Like, you guys are trying to support women. We're doing the same thing. We're women in business. You should chronicle us and have us be on your platform or do a TV show or something because we are doing cool things and other women need to see it. Everybody needs to see it. And I was like so confident about that pitch. I was like, yes, we're going to be on Reese Witherspoon's platform. (laughs) And I never heard back. And then two weeks ago, I decided to pitch us for the startup podcast on Gimlet. Um, It's it's an awesome podcast if you've never listened to it. I love the way that they tell the stories about the businesses. And I thought they have chronicled several other women in business, but they should chronicle us. So I wrote another pitch. And even though like I haven't heard back from the startup podcast either, and maybe I will, I don't know. But each time I write these pitches, all I can think is like they would be crazy not to do this. Like I went from having this delirious like Netflix pitch in my bed. <laughs> that day in Vermont to now really thinking like, well, obviously my next pitch will be to Oprah to be on the own network. And I'm just going to keep pitching this because I I totally 100% believe in the story of building this company and the mission of this company. And now the pitch has become like reality in my mind. Because every time I do it, it gets more and more solidified into something that's actually possible. So what I learned is that if you make a wild pitch that seems crazy in the beginning, the more you say it and the more you pitch yourself, the more like real it becomes and the more possible it becomes. So if you have a pitch, any kind of pitch that you think seems totally out there, like you want to write a book and you want to pitch yourself to a publisher or you want to pitch yourself to an investor to get some money to start a company, anything You should just make the wild pitch the first time it feels crazy, and then it feels totally normal. (laughs) And then it's just about connecting with the right person or entity that is interested in what you're pitching. And I'm going to keep pitching until we get there, because I really do truly 100% know and believe that this is something that people should see, because when we're building it on the inside, like every day, I just I just say to myself, like, I can't believe what we're doing right now. People need to see this. And so we're going to get there. So that is my reflection number two. Make a wild pitch and just keep making the wild pitch. Number three, reflection number three. I'm going to tell you a story about (laughs) a moment when I realized that there was one thing I was doing very, very wrong my whole life. And I just realized it like a month ago. And this moment will forever change my life. So I want to tell you the story first, and then I'll tell you the reflection, like, what I learned from it, and then I'll tell you what I'm going to do differently. So I was dating a guy um, over the fall, and he was great, like, really nice, fun to be around, and I really, like, enjoy talking with him. And I started to learn that he was having some troubles at work and that started to become the focus of our relationship was like him kind of working through a lot of the things that were happening in the workplace. And one day we went for a walk and I brought him to my favorite place on the planet. It's like five minutes from my house and it's this beautiful reservoir where every time I go there, I feel so good and I just love seeing the wildlife and the water and everything about it is just so beautiful. And I brought him there for the first time And the walk is about an hour and a half long. For the whole entire walk, he talked about all the problems at work. And as he was talking, I was just sort of listening and being supportive and asking questions and trying to let him have his space to talk about this stuff. And we got in the car, drove to my house, and we were sitting on my couch. And I noticed that I felt really sad. Like, I just felt, like, so sad. And I said to him, I feel really sad right now. And he said, why is that? And I said, I don't know. Maybe it's because I just heard (laughs) all of that bad stuff you're going through at work, and it's making me feel sad. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he said, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is. So I just sat quietly for a few minutes and tried to feel the sadness and not like ignore it or deny it. And after a few minutes, it started to go away. And then he left. And about an hour later, I started to feel that sadness again. And I, I, just, I just sat with it for a while. And I realized that that sadness was my body trying to tell me that I wasn't listening to myself. Because as we took that walk around the reservoir, I kept saying in my head, I don't want to hear this. I'm in like this beautiful place right now and I just want to enjoy it. And instead, I feel like I'm being dragged down by him and his stories. But I never said that to him. Instead, I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's too bad. And I was like (laughs) engaging in the conversation. But probably a hundred times over the course of that walk, I thought to myself, I don't want to hear this. I'm just not interested in this. This is so... Intense and heavy, and I'm just not interested. And so that sadness was my body saying to me, You're not listening to me. Like, you need to pay attention. You need to listen to me. Don't just listen to everybody out there. And so the reflection from this experience is that if you don't listen to yourself first, you're the one who suffers. If you put other people first and their needs, Then you end up feeling bad because you're not acknowledging what you need and and you're not saying it to the other person. And so I've created a new word for this. It's called listening. It's spelled L I S T I N instead of E N. And the list, the I N at the end is for listening in listening to the internal part of you instead of always listening out to other people. Because when you can listen in to yourself and tune into those feelings and then express them, you'll feel so much better because you're actually saying your truth. And if you're not sharing your truth, what's the point? And it's so funny because I feel like I'm a pretty good communicator and I like you know, I host this podcast, (laughs) and my whole organization is about communication. But these are lessons that I still have to learn over and over again, because I have spent so much of my life being there for other people, and taking care of their feelings and trying to be supportive and trying to put them first. And at the end of the day, that's not A real friendship or relationship. That's like being a therapist for somebody else. That's not speaking up for yourself. That's not putting yourself first and then taking care of others. And so what I really want to do is pass along this reflection to you and remind you to tune into yourself when you're in conversations with other people, when they're sharing things with you, when they're asking you for things. How does that feel? Does it feel good? Or does it not feel good? Because if it doesn't feel good, that's your body's way of saying you're not telling the truth right now. You need to speak up and say what's true for you. So after I recognized that, the next time I hung out with this guy and he started talking about work, I was like, ah, that, no, (laughs) we're not talking about work. (laughs) And he was shocked. He was like, what? Because I had never cut him off before. And I said, no, we're not talking about it anymore. You need to find another support system. You can go talk to your friends. You can get a therapist, talk to your family. I don't want to be the person that you talk about work with anymore. And he's like, but you're my person. I'm like, I know. We just started dating. I don't want to hear about all your problems at work. I still want to get to know you. And after that conversation, I felt so energized. I felt so much better. Like I finally had a voice in the relationship, and I finally had a place. And I made space for myself. And he was shocked, but then he was like, I get it. Okay. And so, you know, <laughs> I think back on that and I'm like so grateful that I, I heard the message my body was sending me and that I paid attention and then I expressed it. And I want to send that message along to you to start doing that because that's what really matters. That's how we live a life of honesty and in alignment with who we truly are and what we want. And when we ignore that voice we ignore ourselves, and that gets us nowhere. So those are my th- my three reflections from 2017. Number one, pursue something you think you can't do. Number two, make a wild pitch. And number three, listen, spelled L-I-S-T-I-N. All right, let's jump into the four resolutions. I picked four. I actually have like 10, but (laughs) we don't have all day. I know you guys have lives. So I'm just going to share four that I, I don't know, I like them for different reasons. And I think that they might be interesting to you. So the first resolution is I'm going to save money for a trip. (laughs) This probably sounds so crazy to some of you who travel a lot. But I don't travel a lot. I never traveled as a kid. And in in, in college, I was always working like 47 jobs. And then after college, I was like trying to save money and like pay rent and figure out my future. And then I was an entrepreneur and just working all the time. And so travel has not been a part of my life. I've traveled here and there, but not a lot. And I haven't made a conscious effort to try to visit anywhere. Sometimes people ask me like, hey, you want to go visit, you know, Maine or go on this like trip nearby, and I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, but I never really think about where I want to go in the world, and travel is so important for learning and growing and just experiencing the world in new ways, so one of my New Year's resolutions is to save money for a trip to Japan, and I really want to go to Japan because I realized a couple of weeks ago that I love so many things that are Japanese, and I never really clicked until I was watching an anime movie, which I don't actually... I'm just starting to learn about anime. (laughs) And I realized I love the calligraphy, and I love kimonos, and I love matcha tea, and I love sushi, and I love their art, and I love the music. And I thought, why am I not going to Japan? (laughs) So one of my New Year's resolutions is to to save money for that trip and then to continue learning about it. And it's kind of a fun little project that's not work related. And it's an easy thing I could do before bed every night or on the weekends, just kind of get some books out of the library and read about Japan and about their art and food and culture. And it gives me something to focus on that's bigger than me. And it's different from any way I've ever lived before. So I want to challenge you to think about things that you don't do very often, but that you'd like to try. Maybe there's something that you, I don't know, that you kind of feel like, oh, that's not something I do. <laughs> you should definitely do it. The second resolution is a consumption challenge. Uh, a friend of mine is reading a book by Naomi Klein called This Changes Everything, and it's about climate change and capitalism and I don't know if it was in the book or if it's just something that my friend came up with, but she asked me if I wanted to do the consumption challenge with her, and I said yes. And basically what that means is not buying anything material for a whole year. Unless it's like, you know, new tires for your car. But it means not buying makeup, clothes, furniture, art, whatever. You only buy food. And everything else is... It's just not part of life anymore. (laughs) And I've tried doing these things in the past, like for three months, I wouldn't buy clothes or, you know, I would try and just be more mindful about spending, but I'm going to do the consumption challenge with her for the whole year of 2018. And we're also not using plastic bags. So I'm excited about this because I actually do have everything I need and it takes the focus off of the shopping and instead puts the focus on living and experiencing things and instead of going out and buying a new dress like maybe you go away for the weekend and hike a mountain and check out a cool new town so i'm excited about this we did decide that we were going to allow ourselves five things for the year because you never know if you have to like go to a wedding and you don't have the right dress what are you going to do but there's also (laughs) there's also other ways to consume things like trading You know, you could barter with people and you could have like a tag sale in your house where your friends bring things and you have things and you just share share your things instead of buying new things. So I'm really excited about that resolution. The third resolution is practicing listening. And this is the one that I introduced in in the reflections section of this podcast. Listening spelled L-I-S-T-I-N-I-N-G. So I really, really care about this. And I think that by paying attention to What my body is telling me, I will have a much more fulfilling and truthful life. So that is resolution number three. And resolution number four is to learn to salsa dance. (laughs) I have this belief about myself. I have mentioned this to some people, so you listening, you may know this already about me, but I have a belief that I'm a terrible dancer and I'm not sexy. And I don't know where that comes from exactly, but I want to be a sexy dancer, so... (laughs) gonna learn how to salsa dance and i just got a wii a nintendo wii and i i got a zumba game and a dance game so at home i've been teaching myself some different dance moves and i'm doing some salsa dancing with a friend and i'm hoping to get into like a real class where i do some salsa dancing and maybe even do a competition this year i don't know but i really do think that i could be a good dancer if i just try because you know what like public speaking dancing is a skill and you can learn it. So I'm going to learn it this year. So those are my four resolutions. They're all difficult. These are things that like I wouldn't normally do. These are things that are definitely going to stretch me. And they're good. I think they're good because they're not necessarily work-related, which is something I would normally put on my resolutions list. But they are good for personal development and growth, which I love. So the four resolutions are saving money for Japan, saving money each month. The Consumption Challenge, Practicing Listening, and Learning to Salsa Dance. So if you want to share your resolutions with me, I would love to read them. You can email me at Angela at Speakersisterhood.com. Okay, last part, last section. The Revolution. (laughs) I'm posting one revolution in our episode because I think it's the only revolution that I'm going to be focused on this year. And I want to invite everybody to get involved. If you've been reading any of the headlines, I think you probably have to try not to, to hear about this because it's been so popular over the course of 2017. But this subject of women speaking up is no longer a secret. The Women's March, the Me Too movement, a lot of the new organizations that are coming around to help women get paid equal wages and have a voice at work, and all of the articles that are now being published about women in power, women having a voice in the workplace, women in tech, women in healthcare, there is so much now and so much of the the spotlight is on women and being equal and having a place and a space to share and speak up. It's like... <laughs> It is, it now is the time, right? Like we are sick of being in the background. We are sick of waiting our turn. We're sick of hoping that someone notices something isn't working or it's not right. And now we are, we are taking this moment to ask for what we want, actually demand what we want. And also challenge some of the old ways of thinking about how things need to be done. So my personal revolution in 2018 is to launch 100 new Speaker Sisterhood Clubs because that gives 1,500 women access to the training to help them find their voice and build confidence in what they want. And by the end of 2022, I'd like to have 3,000 clubs globally. But to start, we want to build 100 clubs in the next 12 months. So that is what I'm doing to be part of this revolution to help women speak up. And I want to invite you to be part of this revolution as well. If you have something on your New Year's resolution list that sounds something like, get better at listening to myself and expressing myself, do something radical and life-changing and stop waiting for the right moment to do something. Or if you're feeling stuck or stagnant and you want to challenge yourself, but you're not sure how, like this is the perfect way to do it, to be part of this international conversation about women and and speaking up. And you know what's so cool about the women who are in the Speaker Sisterhood Clubs is they are building confidence in what they believe and they're sharing it. And that is having a ripple effect on their friends and their family and their coworkers. And it's creating a stir in them as well. So, like, as I witness this happening and I see women stepping up and saying, yeah, I do have something to say and I want to say it. I'm like, Yes. <laughs> Like, let's do this. Let's say it together. So if you want to meet like-minded friends and be part of this revolution, this movement, and change the world, now is the perfect time to get involved. Because we have 21 clubs right now, and two of them are virtual, so anyone around the world can join those clubs. And, and there's also the opportunity to start your own club and have your own revolution in your city or town and be part of this bigger movement. So I want to invite everybody listening to be part of this. And if you're not a woman, you can get involved too. Like email me. Like let's talk about how we can we can build something cuz there's just so much work to do. <laughs> and I really know that the speaker sisterhood is an awesome solution and piece of the puzzle in making equality happen because we can't wait for everyone to fix it, we need to be part of fixing it, and that is by speaking up and coming up with ideas and building solutions and having teams of people who are out there making the change happen, because the moment is now. Like, we don't have any more time to wait for this. It's crazy to me that it's 2018 and we're still talking about this. So let's start working on solving this problem today. And one way to do that is to become part of the Speaker Sisterhood and become part of the revolution. So that is what I have for my first episode of 2018 on my number one rated podcast. (laughs) Three reflections, four resolutions, and one revolution. All right, you guys, that does it for me this week. I'm so excited for what's to come this year. If you want to share any thoughts on this episode, any of your own resolutions, or if you have ideas for upcoming episodes, please feel free to email me anytime, Angela at speakersisterhood.com. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts and comments as the year goes on. It's going to be an awesome year. I have so much to share with you, (laughs) but not today because we have, you know, I got to keep, I got to keep you listening. (laughs) So as always, you guys stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.